0: Welcome to the Grace Harbor Church Sermon Podcast. Grace Harbor Church is located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information, visit our website at ghokc.com. This morning's text is from Matthew 5, 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you to take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you uh, for your word um, that speaks truth into our lives, not just for hearers, um, but, but calls us to be doers of the word. Um, so thank you for it. Uh, thank you for the life that it gives. Um, and Father, help us to be obedient um, to what you have for us to to hear and to obey today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you can be seated now. Thank you for for standing as well um, as we kept kept on reading God's word. Hey, happy fourth. It's fourth weekend, right? I hear people say 4th, like five days leading up to July, July 4th. So happy 4th weekend. Nobody says anything. Okay, okay, just, that's fine. Uh, hey, it's good to wake up, right? Let's, let's wake up here. All right, hey, we're continuing. All right, Dawson's excited. Hey, uh, if you didn't hear just a second ago, um, our, our friend, our buddy, our brother, Dawson um, is being baptized today, um, just in obedience to walk um, in the commands of the Lord. Um, he brought some friends here, invited some of his, from his good friends to come see him um, being baptized this morning, and, and we're so excited um, that you're all here with us um, to witness that. Um, so we're going to do that in just a little bit. Super excited um, for that. But right now, Matthew... Uh, we're in, we're in chapter five still, and we've been if you're if you're new here, if you haven't been here, we've been walking through the book of Matthew for for several weeks. And if you can't tell already, like we're going to be in here for several weeks more. We're in chapter five right now, um, and we're in the Sermon on the Mounts, um, a, a very very famous sermon of Jesus's, um, a very amazing sermon, probably one of the most. Uh, profound and, and best sermons ever preached um, that we have on record, and that's directly from him. And so we're picking up right here in this next section of the Sermon on the Mount, and as we've been talking about for many weeks, um, this sermon is Jesus speaking with the authority of God about His kingdom, about the kingdom of God, and the way kingdom citizens us should are should and are are meant to live in relationship with both God and man, right? So what Jesus is telling here is, is instruction and, and, and obedience for our lives and how we're supposed to relate with others. And he speaks with the authority of God because he is God. So what we hear in this passage today is, is directly um, to the people that we're hearing it, but also for us to obey as, as people of God um, and how we're supposed to relate with one another and with him. Um, so I, I really like this section. Um, it's a fun section. Uh, it's got some challenging parts in it. Um, but, it's, but it's one that, that you may have heard as Chris was reading. It's one that has several familiar lines to it. Um, lines like this, um, an eye for an eye. How many of you heard that before? Tooth for a tooth, yeah? Hey, turn the other cheek. Have you said that to anybody before? Turn the other, hey, just turn the other cheek. Just take it, you know, just move on. Go the extra mile. Have you ever heard, kids, you ever heard your parents say, hey, just go the extra mile today with your brother or sister? Or maybe parents, you've heard that from your parents before. Just go the extra mile today. These are, these are some pretty, um, pretty well-known lines, even among people that aren't church people. Um, these are lines that are said in, in our everyday culture. Go the extra mile, turn the other cheek. Hey, it's an eye for an eye. It's a tooth for a tooth. Um, and, and I think what, what, what we oftentimes do with quotes like that, with things we kind of turn into idioms, are, are we, we misapply or we misinterpret or we misunderstand. Um, if I can be really honest there's been some of these before that I've said, and I know I've, I've misunderstood them or, or said them when they really weren't applicable to the moment, um, but I thought I was saying the right thing. Um, so what we're, some of what we're gonna look at today is some of the, the cultural um, history of what's going on um, so we can fully understand what Jesus is talking about um, and how we can glean from this, um, how to obey him in it. So have any of you ever used any of those in casual conversation? You can raise your hand, you don't have to raise your hand. Eye for an eye, for two, yeah, maybe so. Um, Maybe someone you know has said that to you kind of in the wrong way, um, but we're gonna, we're gonna really dive into this. So let's go. You ready? Eye for an eye. Ready? Jesus said this, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, that's one that I'm, I'm sure you've all heard at least one time in your life, maybe as a, as a defense um, to someone um, or, or whenever someone wronged us, we, we just said, well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna give this back to this person because it's, it's an eye for an eye. It's a tooth for a tooth. Maybe not... Maybe not a physical eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? I, I, I've not lost my eye. Um, I've, lo- I've never lost a tooth in a fight. Um, but usually whenever we hear that, that's, that's a good excuse for us to give something right back to somebody, right? This is, this is something I think we've probably all experienced at some point in our life. When someone wrongs us, we want to give it right back to them. Hey, if someone slugs me in the arm, unless it's Ted Groh, because I know he does it in love, um, and, and he's expecting a punch back. But if I get slugged, like, I'm, my, my natural reaction is gonna be to slug back, right? At least if you're a guy in here, maybe that's your, maybe that's your natural response. Um, or, if, or, if, or if something is, is said to you and, you, and you're quick, to, throw, a, to th- throw something back at the person that insulted you or said something wrong to you. This is kind of a natural reaction for, for a lot of people. Um, it's, it's, it's something that we probably consider fair, right? And that's, that's really what eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth means, is, is getting back something as, as, as payment for what was lost. It's only fair. It's only fair that I get this back from this person that hurt me. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, but... Even though Jesus is saying, you've heard this, but I say this, he's not, he's not condemning this. This is actually Mosaic law. Um, if you look back in, in Exodus 21, um, this, is a, this was a very good law that God gave to Moses. Um, and in this law, for the people of God, Exodus 21 gives the law, um, and it says, it says this. Uh, this is the law of one life for a life taken. It's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a stripe for a stripe, um, and and what God originally intended this to be was that whenever someone had been done wrong, um, in order to get that back, like if like if you know there was it was slave time. Um, so if 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 I came to a slave and said, "Hey, I own you," but I'm going to knock you out, I'm going to punch you, I'm going to I'm going to take your eye, I'm going to make you where you're, you're not able to actually be the full person that you're supposed to be. That person could go to the law, the people that were judging Israel at that time and say, hey, this was done to me. And by law, that person was able to receive compensation for what was lost for that. There's also examples in Exodus of, of maybe two guys fighting. And, and in the process, uh, a pregnant woman gets hit. And, and there's law in here for, hey, if that baby comes out hurt, this is what you owe. It's a life for a life. If, it's, if that baby comes out uh, not alive, that's your life for that life. If it, if it doesn't and it still heard something happens, hey, there's still proper payment for that. This is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And what it was meant to be was under the law, taken to those who judged the law that this payment could be received, that their, that their case could be heard before the court and things would be made right. This was God's desire for these people. We, I, I don't want you to fight. I don't want you to beat people. I don't want you to do these things, but, but we need to make this right. There has to be justice here. So I'm going to make a way for that. I'm going to make a proper way. I'm going to make a good way for that, that those who judge by the law can do this and, and will make it just. This was, by law, the just way to go about it. And it was meant for the protection of, of the innocent, those who weren't able to defend themselves, those who were hurt, um, those who were needy, um, who, who were wrongfully hurt. But of course, um, over time and and. Guys, just as we do, I believe, in, in a lot of ways, just as, just as it is with most anything else, people saw this good law that God gave and they began to take it in their own hands and use it incorrectly and use it for their own gain. We all do that, right? We all take something good that God's given us at some point or another and we try to turn it around and use it for our good and not for the good of others and maybe take it out of context or misinterpret it and apply it to different areas in our life for our good, right? For our own justification. This isn't something just specific to Israel and people of God and hundreds of years ago. This is, this is specific to us now, what we do with the law of God. It's something we all do. Um, and, at the, and, and all the time, taking the amazing good gifts of God and turning them into what satisfies our desires, our own good. So this is actually something we've seen reoccurring over and over again um, throughout this whole sermon. Have you caught that so far? I was talking with our guys, uh, not just guys, Madeline, uh, talking with several people in our, uh, in our group on Wednesday mornings that meets. Um, it, and, and what I was seeing is it, it almost feels like we're preaching the same sermon over and over again here, at least the theme of these sermons, um, that God gave something good. God gave different laws for this. He made, he made uh, he made conditions for when things could happen or, or repayment for when things happen. Um, or, or, hey, I made people um, that are beautiful, but whenever you look at them wrongly, it's lust in your heart. When you've done that, you committed adultery in your heart. It's the same thing over and over again. It's a heart problem. It's what we do with what God gives us and twist it and tweak it and make it into our own good and for our own Again, this is the misapplication and misinterpretation of what God's given us. Can I tell you something? This law that, gave Moses, that, that was given to Moses for the people of Israel was never actually meant to be taken out relationally among one another. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That was actually meant for, for judging people in, in, the, in a court of law, what we would call a court of law. But it was never meant so I could walk up to Michael and say, hey, Michael, dude, you, you slugged me the other day. Can I slug you back? Actually, I'm not even gonna ask. I'm just gonna slug you. Can I tell you real quick? My son, the other day, we were wrestling. He walked up to me just very politely. He said, Daddy, can I slap you? And I said, no, but thanks for asking so politely. You know, that was really nice. Hey, it's not meant to be relational here. This law that was, this good law that was given to Moses um, for the people of God was never actually meant to be taken out relationally among one another. It was meant for for those who were um, who were oppressed down, who were oppressed by other people who were stronger than them and just taking advantage of them. It was never meant to be apart from God's correct interpretation and application of what this actually means. It was being used as an excuse for self-approved and self-applied justice in every area of life. So people would come along and they'd say, just like I told Michael, hey, if anyone does me any kind of wrong... If anyone does me any kind of wrong in any way, at any moment, I, I am completely justified in every way to do the same thing right back to them. Now, before we move on to why that's a wrong interpretation, does that sound like it should be right? Does that sound like it should be right to you? If someone wrongs me, I should be able to wrong them back in the same way. Of, of my own accord, right? Can I tell you like really honestly, this is, I, I want this to be right. <laughs> I want it to be right, that I can go and take what was taken from me, that I can take back what was taken from me. I don't know if it's my Americanism or my culture or whatever, but this is, this is something that, that I think comes kind of naturally to me um, and maybe to you as well, um, that I want what was taken from me. I want retaliation towards what I lost. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm alone in that. But I want it to be right. I want justice to be done, and justice to be done by my own hands. It just feels right. It's not. And Jesus, right here, Jesus comes into the equation, and he's quick to correct us. He's quick to show us grace in it, but he's quick to correct us. He's quick to correct our hearts and our understanding of what this really is. So thankful for it because I'm wrong a lot of the times in it, but he comes in and he corrects it. Jesus comes in to the situation and calls them out. He calls us out as well. And he says this, this is what you've heard and you've twisted it. You've muddied up the water so much, you can't see clearly what God actually intended for good here. You go against the authority of God. But Jesus doesn't just condemn the law here, does he? He doesn't condemn the law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus is actually not against justice. Jesus is for justice. Instead of condemning, he corrects both our understanding and our hearts. So let's dive into some of these, some of these famous sayings um, that you may know of. Uh, Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. He says, you've heard it said before, You've heard, you've heard this said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, sorry, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And at first glance, I think these words um, are some of those that can easily, like I said, be misunderstood if we don't actually catch what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not actually talking about physical violence here. Uh, if, you, if you know some of the cultural context, uh, I, I only know it because I've, I've looked it up and studied in the sermon, but some of the cultural context here of, of, a, of a slap to the face, did you catch he says right cheek here? The right cheek. So if someone comes up to me, most likely most people, sorry, left-handers, sorry, Kevin, uh, most people in the world are right-handed and a, back, and, a, and a slap to the cheek with my right hand on your right cheek would look like this. It's a backhanded slap. A backhanded slap. And in this culture, and maybe what you've seen in some movies as well, a backhanded slap is not actually a physical attack most of the time. It's an attack of an insult against a person's dignity. It's not meant to harm you physically. It's, it's meant to injure you by insulting your own dignity. Now, can we, can we take a side note here for just a second? I... I I don't believe this actually gives a believer an excuse um, to get in physical fights. Like even though Jesus is not talking about physical harm here um, and back in his laps, I don't think it actually gives us an excuse to just make up uh, reasons for going to get in physical fights. I also don't think that Jesus is saying it's wrong to defend yourself um, in certain situations or, defend, or to defend those who cannot defend themselves. And that's not what he's saying right here. What he's saying right here is that when other people come to you, and when other, when other people come to you in, in rage or anger or just hurt people who are looking to hurt someone else and they throw insults at you, if they come to you and, and they question who you are, if they insult your own dignity, even though it's not a physical, a physical attack, our hearts, I believe, most of the time want to attack back with an insult. And there might even be a good, a good excuse here in our hearts. Well, I'm not actually attacking them physically, I'm just attacking them with my words. That cuts much deeper than than a physical contact, right? Cuts to the heart, cuts to a person's dignity, cuts to who they are as an image bearer. And Jesus is against that. He's not against self-defense here, I don't think, but he's against this. What Jesus is getting at right here is how we react when our God-given dignity is attacked. When you and I are attacked by what he has given us. He tells us, take the slap on the cheek, but don't just do that. He takes it a step further, right? Don't you love that about Jesus? He always is trying to get you to go further with your faith and what your understanding is. He says this, hey, don't just take the the slap on the cheek. Offer up the other one. Be ready to take another attack without attacking back. That's difficult, isn't it? It's extremely difficult sometimes. So let's move on. We'll we'll come back to this. The next thing he talks about is a cloak and a tunic. Um, He goes on to say, if anyone desires to sue you and take away your tunic, let them have your cloak as well. And uh, I don't know about you. To be really honest, like a tunic and a cloak are are not things that you'd often find in my fall wardrobe. Um, I I don't understand fully um, because I've not experienced the culture. What a toque and a, a tunic, not a toque, a tunic and a cloak are. Um, I've actually done some research trying to figure out like what are the ramifications of taking a person's uh, tunic and cloak away? Like what would this do to the person at this time? And there's different opinions. And honestly, I still really don't quite understand what Jesus is talking about or what the cultural ramifications of taking away these things would be. Um, but what I do believe Jesus is talking about here when he talks about if someone is, comes to sue you over your tunic and, and he says, give them your cloak as well. What I think Jesus is actually getting at here is, is, is this, I don't desire you to fight over things that are of little importance. Um, uh, I believe he's saying this, it's not worth the fight in order to win over a shirt. It's not worth the fight to win your shirt in an argument over, over whatever you're arguing about. It's not worth it. Instead, Jesus says, hey, be generous. Be a peacemaker. Remember that? Remember that earlier on in the sermon? Hey, be a peacemaker. Not just a, a peacekeeper, but be a peacemaker here. Desire so much to make peace with those who have offended you, or at least after you, that you would say, hey, I'm just gonna stop this right here. Can I just give you more than what you asked for? My desire here is not to fight with you or to win an argument or to win a lawsuit even over something so menial as tangible things. Can we just settle this right now? I think that's what Jesus is actually after. Um, because we desire to see other image bearers of a higher value than what we actually own. I've seen some of you demonstrate that extremely well, by the way, extremely well. Um, As an encouragement to me, I just wanna commend you on that. Um, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, several of you, but um, that you value people much, much more than what you actually own. I think that's that's what Jesus is talking about here. So third one right here, go the extra mile. Jesus then says this, if anyone forces you to go one mile with them, go a second. If anyone forces you to go one mile with them, go a second. Again, I've, I've never been forced personally to go a mile with somebody and then be generous enough to go a second. No one's ever forced me to like go with him and say, hey, come 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 with on this mile with me. This has always been one that I've heard um, in scripture before and just always thought, what does that exactly mean? Like i I don't understand what's going on here. I've never actually been forced to go a mile with somebody except when my wife, you know, makes me run with her every now and then. She just really don't like doing. Um, but at, at the same at this time and in this particular culture and where the world was at, um, Jewish people right here would have been under Roman occupation. Um, and one of the things that was set up for those under Roman occupation was that a Roman soldier or someone carrying a letter um, from those in leadership could come to anybody under Roman occupation and say, hey, I'm on this journey, carry my stuff for me, carry my stuff for me. But by law, they were only re- required to do it for one mile. So let's take, just a second, let's, let's get in the, in the sandals of the feet that we're talking about, okay? Just, just think about this, I'm a, I'm a fisherman, Going out to fish for my family, um, for, for food for my family for the day. This is, this is how we provide for my family, how we eat, how I clothe my kids with cloaks and tunics and stuff. Um, this, is, this is how I keep up. And I'm about to go out on my boat and a Roman centurion comes along or whoever, and, and a Roman official comes along and says, hey, I'm on my way to so-and-so's house or on my way to this city. I need you to take me there in your boat at least a mile. I need you to take me downstream a mile. Okay, I've, got, I've only got a certain amount of time I can fish for the day. But by law, I was required to take this guy, to spend my own time, to take him further downstream so he could accomplish his job. And I'm out the time that I'm providing for my family. I don't know about you, but I would not be just a joyful giver at that moment. Um, I've, again, I've never experienced that. But if I were to experience something like that with a, with a government official telling me, you have to take me here a mile, my, my first reaction is not, okay, I'll do that. Hey, by the way, can I, can I take you an extra mile down the road too? Can I, can I give to you more of my time that I, it's actually valuable to me? Can I give to you more of my resources that's actually valuable to me that I need? Can I just do that in order to serve you? That, that's not my natural inclination. That's not how I bend. That's not where my heart usually lands at here. And that's exactly what Jesus is Jesus is addressing. It's our heart. Come back to this here. Come back to this. This is, this is a lot of what Jesus is talking about in the sermon, the heart. And hopefully we know by now in this thread of Jesus' sermon that, that he's not giving these examples simply to add on to a list of Christian duties when confronted with insults, when confronted with lawsuits or requirements that are, that are brought upon us. It's not what he's out to do. Just throw on us more things. what Jesus desires is for God's people to have hearts changed. that's what He desires for you that's what he desires for me, that's what he desires for us. so that our natural bend toward others is not what we can get from them or give back in return for what we've been taken. That's not it. instead because we are a peculiar people that, Jesus, that, that the Bible talks about, that we are a peculiar people, in the eyes of the world, we actually have a different perspective and response when situations like this come. It's totally different than what the world has because we're called to be different. We're called to have changed hearts. So turning the other cheek, turning the other cheek is not simply about becoming a punching bag for the world. It's not what it's about. It's about preserving and maintaining another's dignity as a fellow image bearer of God. Giving a person more than what they're trying to take from you is not about trying to avoid a lawsuit or a fight. It's about showing that person that they're worth far, far more than a drawn out fight over fleeting possessions. It's to lift them up to show them their worth. Hey, going the extra mile isn't necessarily about serving the government's rules well. Rather, I mean, I think we should obey laws. I don't, don't hear me wrong there. But it's not about that here. What it's about, rather, is, is serving people sacrificially with the intent of showing them the love of God. It's not about these things. It's about our hearts. It's what Jesus wants to do with our hearts in relationship to other people. So it may be that, that, that too many times when faced with hard situations of dealing with people, our hearts and minds run to, to motives of self-justification or, or doing just enough to keep the peace. You ever feel that sometimes? I wanna do just enough just to make sure following Jesus' rules, we're getting by, we're moving forward. Say stuff like this, how can I make this right for me? How can I obey Jesus command so I can do this right for me? How can I keep the peace for my own best interest? And if I'm not intentional, these reactions are what comes so naturally to me, guys. This is what comes naturally. They come to my own defense or excuse every chance I have to serve the ones Who don't deserve to be served and loved. Or at least in my eyes, don't deserve to be loved. But listen here, ready? What if we were people whose first thoughts, whose first actions, whose first moves were this? How can I best respond in love? How can I best respond in love in all situations in life, especially in dealing with others? This is what Jesus was telling us to do. This is what he's telling us we should do now. The common thread in this section how can I give more of myself and what I have to those, even though they're taking from me? The common thread is loving people more than I love myself for the sake of the gospel get this, regardless of whether or not they deserve it. Regardless of how much they throw at you. Regardless if you want to or not. This is what is required of Christians. Not just to be rule followers but to honor God and to love others the way that he has loved us first. How can I best love this person whenever hard situations come? that should be our first response. That's what we should desire our first response to be. It's not always, but this is what we desire. That God would change our hearts in this. And this change of heart, the change in perspective is what the gospel does in and through us when we are transformed by what Jesus has for us. It changes how we actually see others. It's so much easier to retaliate. Hey, get this. It's so much easier to retaliate against others when we don't see people the way Jesus sees them. Hey, Jesus sees people's worth. Jesus sees people made in the image of God. Of value. Hey, the gospel not only changes our hearts, but it gives us new eyes. It gives us new mouths. It gives us new feet. It gives us new hands. The hands and feet of Jesus To go and do what he's called us to do. So instead of our natural bend being returning a blow for a blow, um, what the gospel says here, and what it does in us, it makes us into a people who speak, serve, and go in love as a response even to hatred and hurt in our lives. That's radical, right? That's radical. That's not natural for someone to turn around and show love for hate. This is a radical thing that the gospel does within us. And it has huge implications for us in so many ways. It's so applicable to every day of our life. It's not, it's not just thinking and asking, how are we to respond and react when these things might or sometimes happen? No, these are going to happen. These do happen every day of our lives. Chances and opportunities to respond in love to a fellow image bearer when they hurt us or hurt others. How are we going to do this? There's huge implications here. Think about it. Who are the people that are easiest for you to lash out at? Do you have someone in your mind maybe? Hopefully not someone that you're nudging next to you. Who are the ones that are easiest to lash out at? It's probably someone closest to you. It it really is probably those you spend the most time with, probably maybe even those that you say you love the most. Those opportunities are there every day. When people lash out at you, when they hurl insults at you or desire to take from you, hey, how are you gonna love them in response? I don't know who, who or where these people are in, in each of our lives, and, but we all have frequent opportunities to respond and go in love and go in the extra mile. And this also has implications for how the gospel is proclaimed to others. It's not just how do I love this person so I can obey. That's great. But the implications for how the gospel is spread comes out of this as well. How we evangelize. Hey, we're called to be missional, right? That's a command of Jesus. Go into the world and make disciples. Baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hey, this is what we're commanded to do. And this is the fuel for that mission. How are you gonna love one another? You think someone's gonna accept the good news of the gospel if we're hurling insults back at them or fighting with them over menial things? No, no. The, the, The gospel is spread through love for others. This is how people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's what Jesus says. Our love is the evidence of the, of the growth and the change of our heart within us. So how are we gonna do that? How are you gonna respond to someone in love? For kingdom people, this, this should not only be a radical idea. This is radical to the world, right? But this should not only be a radical idea. This should be ordinary faithfulness in our lives. Ordinary faithfulness, not something you have to think about all the time, but this should be our natural reaction even in the small things, even in the little things. Hey, can I say, we're having a really tough time with our son obeying right now. He's three, he should know every rule that we have, right? And obey them, you know, relentlessly. And there's there's just, just a call for patience in his life and not to react. It's ordinary faithfulness just to love my child sometimes, to love those around me, to respond in a way that builds them up and shows them their worth the worth that, that God sees in them. It's not about the punch. It's not about the lawsuit. It's about the people. This is the, this is the heart change that Jesus is after. This is actually what marks the people of God. That what we have is not our own. And we're people that are generous, ready to give to others, even when we think they don't deserve it. And we can't miss this last part here. We can't miss this last part that Jesus ends this section in. He says, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And James would say, it's the fruit of who we are. James would say that, that faith without this kind of works of loving one another and giving to those in need, that kind of faith is dead. The, the true fruit of a true believer is, is that we care for those in need. We don't refuse. Now, hear me, giving comes with wisdom. Gotta have wisdom when and how to give, I believe, which also takes up dedication to relationship with that person sometimes. But it's not a desire to turn away everyone all the time. Our our natural bend as believers, at least our natural heart change, should now be that we look for those opportunities to give. That we look for those who are in, in need, looking at those who need our help, who need just everyday tangible things. Looking for those opportunities to give. It's not just even about how I respond when things uh, when people hurt me, but how am I looking to give to those who are in great need, so I can show them the love of God. And again raise up who they are. The, the dignity that God has given to people matters much. How do we view them? How do we respond in love? It should be our first reaction, our very first reaction to sacrificial love. Hey, all of this is, is, is extremely serious. And I hope, hope I'm not giving the, the demeanor that like, hey, this is just going to be a happy-go-luck thing. Like, this is gonna be easy. Like, this is, this is a serious command from Jesus. It's also very hard a lot of times. It's extremely hard. When someone pops up on my screen or my computer and hurls an insult at me, or at least I feel like they've insulted me, my natural response and natural been, a lot of time is not love. But it's what we're called to do as believers. It's the hard work of love and loving one another. So how are we gonna respond in it? We won't always do it right. We will fail. Thankfully, there's grace that meets us where we are in that, amen? There's grace there that meets us. Can I tell you this? There's grace enough and grace overflowing enough for us to receive it and then give it to others. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus wants in our lives as a heart changed in response to loving others. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for, for how this has convicted me, um, how your word does promise to, to change people. And we see the fruit of that, Father. We, but, but Lord, help us not to walk away this morning just just feeling convicted maybe, or, or maybe hearing maybe how I can better do this. But, but Lord, would you change our hearts? Would you, would you show us how to do this? would you open our eyes to, to different circumstances every day in our lives of how to best respond the way that you would to see people the way that you would, Father people that are that are hurting to hurt others, people that just need Jesus, <laughs> they need the gospel, they need forgiveness, they need to know that they are loved by you, so Father, as we are your ambassadors here on earth. Would you make us instruments of mercy to show people who you are, to show that you love them enough to, show, enough to give your son, to die for us? Father, we may, we, we, may we just live in obedience towards that. I ask that you would do that in our, in our hearts, in our lives today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen.